this podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. If you need a Bible, raise your hand up real high. Get it up real high and then go with me to the book of Mark chapter 1. Now, this is our third week on God is. God is able. We found that out a couple of weeks ago. God is able. God is willing. Last week we talked about God as a defender, and so we're going to take a different one every week today. And so guess what? We're just going to have church here today. I hope that's all right. That's what you came out for, is not for me to entertain you, because if that's the case, I'm going to disappoint you. The goal here is to to see what the Word of God said, and let God stir us up today, so I believe He will. As you're turning there, remember to change our concept or our perception of who God is we, we look to Jesus, because how Jesus is, that's how God is. And, you know, as Shelley said earlier, that when you study the stories in the Bible, Jesus has that same type of compassion for us. He still has that same type of love for us, but also we must allow the Word of God to change the way we view God. Don't look to man, and don't look to religion. Let's just be biblical here today, Okay. So let's put off our religious glasses and let's be taught by the Word of God. Mark chapter 1, verse 14. Now after John, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Preaching the message or the good news of the kingdom of God. Now really right there, guys, that, that's what we need to be preaching. We need to be preaching the good news of the Word of God. It doesn't do me no good to stand up here and tell you a bunch of stories or read Reader's Digest and give you a bunch of men's thoughts. It only does good when we preach the Word of God, the kingdom of the Word, okay? Verse 15, and Jesus was saying, the time is fulfilled or appointed and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Now, man, there's some nuggets right there that Jesus just said. Number one, to repent. You know what repentance is? It's taking ownership or responsibility of my actions and my choices that are wrong. I love the gift of repentance. I love to be able to say, Father God, I blew it again. I blew it again. I blew it again. And, and, and that's the way that our sins are forgiven. Actually, 1 John 1, 9 says that if you'll confess it, he'll forgive it. And that's a great, great blessing to each one of us, but you've got to confess it. And one of the easiest things to do is step up and say, Father God, I, I repent for my actions, my behavior. I, believe, I repent for my attitude. How many of you have had a bad attitude lately? Some of you are honest. The rest of you will pray for liars after the service. I've had a, I can have a bad attitude over the stupidest stuff in the world, but it's my choice. And so I repent for my mad attitude. I repent for for doing things or saying things. How many of his mouth has got you in trouble lately? Oh, Lord. I I could wish I could raise all my feet and everything at once. And so what I do for that is I take responsibility for that and I ask God to forgive me, and this is the gift of repentance. But the second part there, he said, and believe in the gospel. It's one thing to hear the gospel, but it's another thing to believe and live by the gospel. And so it's important that we believe the gospel in every area of my life. 
Not just on Sunday mornings. The, the gospel is for us to live by, guys. It's a lifestyle. Too many times we've kind of viewed the gospel as kind of like losing weight. Well, I, I'm going to diet for a few weeks. Well, really to me, you're messing up anyhow doing that. Because what's going to happen is you're going to be okay for a few weeks, and guess what happens? And you gain it all back. So just like with the gospel of the kingdom of God, make it a lifestyle. Just like exercise, do it daily. Make it a life. Make the kingdom of God a lifestyle. And say, my life, I'm going to live by the word. My marriage, I'm going to live by the word. My children are going to be raised by the word. Just everything. Thank you for that energy and excitement. You guys are thrilled about the gospel today. Turn over a couple pages to Mark chapter 5. And today we're going to fill in the blank that, that God is a healer. Now, maybe you come in here and you've been taught that God isn't a healer. Maybe you've been taught that God doesn't do that anymore. Well, let's just look what the Word of God says, okay? Let's just believe the B-I-B-L-E this morning. Mark 5, begin with me in verse number 24. So Jesus went with Jairus and a great multitude follow him. And thronged him. So Jesus is going through this city. And I'm going to tell you. When they get wind that it's Jesus. And they start coming after him. They start thronging him. The Amplified says it's this way guys. They pressed him from all sides. Almost to suffocate him. So people are all over Jesus. It's just like they're mobbing him. Keep reading verse 25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood. For 12 years, she was subject to bleeding. One translation says she is hemorrhaging. 12 years. Now, I want this to sink in for you just a little bit here, guys. That's 4,380 days, okay? Four th Every day of her life for 12 years, when she woke up, she faced this dilemma in her life. So what she's facing here, guys, brought fear, brought shame, brought pain, Actually, it was an embarrassment to her. Keep reading with me. And she had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. Now, I believe this is where the fear takes place, guys. That if you had something physically happen in your body, and medical doctors, medical science said, there's nothing we can do for you, that would create a fear within every one of us. The other part of fear in this was in the next verse, you'll see that, that she came in the crowd behind Jesus. I believe part of the reason she came behind Jesus is because she was fearful and she was also ashamed because this disease she had in Jewish customs, it was viewed as, as ceremonially unclean. What that meant was she wasn't even allowed to go to church. Kind of like the leper. And so it was an embarrassment to her. It was a shame for her. And she was afraid. Now keep reading there in verse 27. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and she touched his garment. She was afraid before she touched his garment. But look in the same chapter at verse 33. I want you to see something else. This is after she had touched his garment. And it said, but the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her. So after she's she's still in fear. She's still afraid. 
But what did this woman do to confront her fear, guys? She reached out to Jesus. She looked to Jesus. And I believe that's important for each one of us to understand. Number one, the only way we get past our fears is to confront them. How did she confront them? She went after Jesus and she touched Jesus. But the second thing is not only do I have to confront my fears, i got to look to Jesus. Jesus is the one that can help us with the things in our lives that we fear. Now here's a question for you. Can you have fear and faith at the same time? For years of my life, I thought, there's no way because you're either going to walk in fear or you're going to walk in faith. But verse 33 says that she was fearing and trembling. And look at verse 34. And Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you well. How can that be? How can she be in fear and trembling and her faith made her well? Well, I believe this, that most of the time, Our fears manifest on the outside. They paralyze us from having action or doing the things that we should do. I don't want to step out. I don't want to be ashamed. I don't want to look stupid. And that's what fear will say to you. But on the other side of that coin, the thing called faith right here, faith is birthed in my heart. Faith is birthed off of the Word of God. Faith is birthed off of my trust in Jesus. So I believe even in in every one of our lives in here, on the outside, you can be trembling and shaking. But when you build your faith off the Word of God, on the inside, there's a knowing. There's a power that says, you know what? I don't care what it looks like, what it feels like. I'm going to trust in what Jesus says here. I'm going to begin to look at him over and over. You know what faith is? Faith is believing that something that's so, even when it isn't so, because God said it's so. Now there's a lot of so's in there. Now let me back up and say that again. Faith is believing something that's so. It's based on the word of God. Even when it isn't so. You know what that is? That's Romans 4.17. That's calling those things that be not. That's Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So faith is believing something that's so, even when it isn't so, so that it'll be so, because God said so. And so I just begin to look and say, you know what? Even though it may not be evident in my life at this moment, this book right here, Tells me what is mine as, as my inheritance as a believer. Now, let's, let's dissect this a little more. Go back to verse 28. And let me start reading there. For she said, if only I may touch the clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. She was healed of the suffering. Now get a hold of this, guys. Think about this. 4,380 days, she's had this disease. She acts on the Word of God. She confronts her fear. And immediately, she senses in her body, I'm healed. Can you imagine that day? Can you imagine what that felt like in her life when this took place? Now... A lot of people would say, well, I wish Jesus would do that for me. He will. 
The thing we must understand is what Jesus said in, in Mark 5.34. He said, daughter, thy faith made thee whole. She played a part in this. Now, as she feels her body being healed, look what happens in verse 30 with Jesus himself. And Jesus immediately, knowing himself that power, that virtue, that healing had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? So here we get this, guys. Almost simultaneously, it said immediately with both of them, she senses healing and Jesus senses virtue or power that goes out of him. Now there's a couple of questions that when I read this, I have to ask myself. Number one, was there not any other people touching Jesus? No, we read that they were thronging him. They were mobbing him. People everywhere were touching him, getting their hands on him. So then we have to ask ourselves this. Was this the only person in that crowd that needed to be healing or healed? I doubt it. I believe there were a bunch more that needed to be healed. But why weren't they healed? It goes back to what he said. Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. So when Jesus senses this virtue go out of him, he says, whoa, whoa, who touched me? Now when Jesus said that, he wasn't saying that to embarrass this woman, to shame her, to say, fess up, fess up. Who did? I believe, you know why he was asking that? Because he wanted her to testify. He wanted everybody else to know he's still a healer. And can you imagine what would have happened off of this testimony if she would have said, listen, for 12 years, 4,380 straight days, I've had this disease, and guess what? He's the healer. I'm healed, I'm healed. I mean, because you know what happens? When people start testifying about the things of God, it becomes very, very contagious. You know what people begin to look and see? If God would do that for her, would he do that for me? Yeah, he will. Yeah, he will. I don't care who you are. Caleb, raise your hand. You weren't here the other night. I used to. Go ahead and just stand up. I don't want to embarrass you. Are you going to be a junior or a senior? He's going to be a junior. You can be seated. I just want people to know I'm telling the truth here. Not that they would question me. A week or so ago, a couple of weeks ago now, he, he was diagnosed with a heart murmur. And it wasn't good, and he loves to play football and everything. And so, uh, I guess a week or so, when, 10 days ago, man anointed him with oil right here and began to pray over him like we're going to do this morning. He went into the, the doctor and they gave him a report, and they, they showed the picture of his heart. And they said, we can't find that heart murmur anymore. And, and I wish they had the, the, oh, the x-rays of it, but on his heart there, there was a, a, a thing that said, Jesus. Right there on the x-ray. Now, I'm going to tell you, when they showed me that, and they told, I'm going to tell you, man, I was like, yes. That's my God. You know why I said yes, praise the Lord? Because I'm in the same bloodline as him. In Acts 10, the, uh, Peter said this, I perceive that God's no respecter of persons. So what he'll do for others, he'll do for you. But once again, i got to get over there in faith. So here's the next question that arises. What do I do to build my faith? Well, I'm glad you asked. Look at verse 27 with me. When she heard about Jesus, when she heard about Jesus, now this is important we get this, guys, 
Because this pertains to every one of us in this room, regardless of our age. What do you think she heard about Jesus? I believe she heard that the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear. Romans ten seventeen says, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. The more of the word of God I hear, the more scriptures I hear, especially at this time right now pertaining to healing, the more it'll create faith in me. So this woman started hearing about this man named Jesus, about all that he does. And guess what? It started creating faith in her. It'll create faith in you. Once again, guys, if our needs move Jesus, there would have been a lot of people healed right there. Our needs don't move Jesus, but our faith does. Our believing, our trusting in the gospel. So the first thing it said there, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. That's why it's important that you and me feed our faith and starve our doubts on a daily basis. Read the Bible. Read the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing. He didn't say who you had to hear. You can hear yourself. Speak the word. Read the girl. Now, here's the second one, verse 28. For she said, if only I may touch the clothes, I shall be made well. For she said, what I want you to see here, guys, is the way that me and you get born again, we hear the word of God, we confess our sins, then we receive Jesus by the confession of our mouth. That's the same way that healing takes place. This same passage is referenced in Matthew 9. Matthew 9, 21, it says specifically, for she said to herself, for she said to herself, when I touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made well. So what did she say? She began to speak the desire of her heart. It's important that me and you begin to speak this out of our mouth. We begin to speak what the Word of God says. See, you know, people may look at you crazy when you're talking to yourself. This is what she did. It's what the, the Bible talks about at times as muttering. That you mutter to yourself. How many of you talk to yourself most of the day anyhow? I do all the time. I mean, my staff, when they walk by my office, a lot of times they look and think, who's in there? There's nobody in there. I kind of enjoy talking to myself about what God says. It's important that you and me begin to talk to ourselves about God. We begin to talk to ourselves about the Word. We begin to talk to us uh, ourselves about Jesus. And this is what she's saying. When I touch the hem of his garment, I hope it's his will to heal me. She didn't say that. She said, when I touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made well. Now, Let's go to the Old Testament to Psalm 103. I want you to see some things in here this morning. Psalm 103. And as you're turning to the 103rd Psalm, think about this, guys. Here's this lady who's had this disease for 12 years. Jesus strolls into her city, and the crowds are mobbing her, and she sees him from a distance. You know what she realizes? That's the healer. That's the healer. So she begins to confront her fear. And I don't believe she said to a couple people, excuse me, let me by. And the Red, split, the Red Sea split. No, I believe, guys, she became very tenacious. And she began to push. And she began to shove. And she began to pursue Jesus. 
And the whole way she's going through the crowd, she's saying, when I touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made well. When I touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made well. I touch the hem. See, she began to voice her faith. It's important to me and you voice our faith. Psalms 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And some of you say, we got some benefits. Yeah, Jesus gave you a benefit package. And how that takes place is when you become a child of God and you give your heart to Jesus and get born again, you are now part of this benefit package. The problem is, is when we don't know what our benefits are. It's hard to benefit off those benefits when I don't know what they are. It's important that you go through there and look, and actually in verses 3, verse 4, and verse 5, it'll tell all the benefits you have. You'll like them. There's some great benefits in there. I mean, I could read a lot of them, but you can read them yourself. Now, look at verse number 3, because over and over in the Bible, I begin to see where salvation and healing went hand in hand. In other words, if you were born again, there was healing available too. Verse 3, who forgives all your iniquities. You may want to underline that word all. Now what's an iniquity? Iniquity is a form of sin that we tend to bend toward. In other words, there's some things that happen in our life, whether it's lying, cussing, that you begin to bend toward. Anyhow, it's sin. This right here, guys, is how salvation comes. Jesus died for the remission of my sins and your sins. And so really when I look for the, at this, if I believe this, guys, this is part of the way I get born again. I confess my sin and then I ask Jesus into my heart. Do you believe this? Do you believe Jesus forgives sin? If you don't, just look at the Bible. And some of you will say, but pastor, you don't know what I've done wrong. Well, you don't know what I've done wrong either. But I believe I'm forgiven. Thank God I believe I'm forgiven. I'm going to tell you, the angels, they were working overtime with all my sin. But when I confess my sin here, he forgives me. Now that's the first part there in verse 3. Look at the last part of verse 3. Who heals all your diseases. Who heals all your diseases. Now this is the Bible, guys. And some of you are saying, well, it's Old Testament. Well, we're going to get in the New Testament here in a minute. Who heals all your benefits. Now, when you look at that, guys, isn't it a shame that God would put this benefit in here and not do it anymore. I grew up in a church that preached that, guys. You know what they said? Oh, God doesn't heal anymore. He doesn't do that anymore. Well, when I read this here, it's either all true or none of it's true. And I thank God even in my own life that God does heal. And many of you know my brother. He's two years older than me. He pastors over in Clovis. But at the age of seven, he was diagnosed with cancer of his left clavicle. I, at seven years old, there was pictures that, that I vaguely remember that he had, it's like, it's like a tennis ball right here. So they had to go in and remove that. And they told my parents, 
He'll never live beyond his, his, his teenage years. He'll never have a normal childhood because of it. Well, I thank God that I had a mother who said, and that, that can't be a God of love. And so my mama began to dig in the scriptures and begin to believe God. Well, my brother, he's 54. He's still alive and kicking. He's still as ugly as he ever was. But he's still alive and kicking. And, and in the course of his adult life, guys, on three different occasions, I've seen the cancer where it's tried to come back on him. I remember specifically one time right here where it looked like a golf ball right there. And we were back praying with him on a Sunday morning, and he looked, and there's about five or six of us back there, and he said, I want you guys to lay hands on me in the name of Jesus. And he said, Jesus will heal me. I've seen it on three different, how God just went ahead and moved and healed. Now, it's not because he's some superhero. He's not the sharpest tool in the shed. But he understands, number one, God is a God of faith. And this is part of my benefit package, and it's the same for me and you. Not only does God pardon our sins, but God heals. Turn to Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. And I'm going to load you up here with some scripture so you can make sure I'm telling you the truth. You got to see this, but also this is good references for you. I think it's powerful when, when you get up tomorrow and say, Lord, I thank you that you said in Psalm 103.3 that you heal all my diseases. Now, I said that we must live by the gospel and make it a lifestyle. One of the things I say out of my mouth on a daily basis, I thank you, Father God, that no sickness or disease comes near my dwelling. I thank you I walk in divine health. From the top of my head to the soles and the tips of my toes, Isaiah 53, 5 says I am. And if I am, then I am. And so it becomes just a, a daily, just like I eat physically, I speak the Word of God. I always speak in the Word of God, guys. I lay hands on myself. But I get my mouth and my heart in line with the Word of God. And man, I'll tell you, begin to create faith. Some of you got to start doing that over your own home. Begin to speak the healing power over your home. Speak the healing power over your children. Isaiah 53, verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs. Now that word grief in the Hebrew literally means sickness. He's bore your sickness. And he's carried your sorrows or your pain. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and Jesus was afflicted. Remember, the word affliction means suffering. The woman with the issue of blood in Mark 5.29, it said, and her affliction was gone. And he took your pain. He took it all. Verse 5. But Jesus was wounded for our transgression, and he was wounded or bruised for our iniquities. Transgressions? And iniquities are both forms of sin. Now I like to say this. He was wounded for my transgressions. And he was bruised for my iniquities. Every one of us in this room. This once again guys is salvation. That when you begin to confess your iniquities, your sins, your transgression. I'm going to tell you guys it's the way to salvation. The reason I point that out again is because when you get born again, you come under the benefit package. Woo, thank you, Lord. Some of you guys work at places that got great benefit packages. 
Does that make you happy? I guess not. Maybe you ought to call your employee and say, get rid of those packages then. What I'm showing you guys once again here is, is, is Jesus has a benefit package for every one of us. But look what this verse ends with. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, by his wounds, by his scourging, we are healed. What a promise. We are healed. Now, I want you to hold on to that right there. We are healed, that thought. There was a price for your sin and there was a price for your healing too. Now, go to the New Testament, way back there in the back, to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. I want you to see this, guys. Ooh, you'll see it again. Right here in the New Testament, you'll see salvation and healing again. Verse 24. 1 Peter 2, 24. Who himself, talking about Jesus, bore our sins. He bore my sins. He bore your sins. Thank the Lord for the remission of sins. I tell you, that's a blessing to me every day. Because I was a good sinner, guys. I'm going to tell you that right now. I, I was a good sinner. And so I rejoice over this. I thank you, Lord Jesus, you took my sin on his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live to, for righteousness. And by whose stripes you were healed. Wow, that just happens to drop right there in the New Testament. By whose stripes... You were healed. Now, when we read that in Isaiah 53, 5, it said Isaiah prophesied that we are healed. It says here, when Peter wrote this through the unction of the Holy Ghost, by his stripes, we are healed. The difference between Isaiah and Peter is when Isaiah prophesied this, guys, Jesus hadn't died yet. Jesus hadn't come to the earth yet. Actually, Isaiah was prophesying this, this man, this Savior named Jesus is going to come. And he's going to die for the remission of your sins and for your healing. But when Peter writes about it, it's a done deal. If you'll note there, it says, by whose stripes we are healed. You know what that is? That's past tense. That means Jesus has already done He's not going to die for your healing again. He's already done it. And so how do I begin to, to allocate this by faith? I begin to believe the Word of God. I begin to look and say, this is what God says for me. And then I begin to speak it, and I speak it just as it is written right here. It says, by whose stripes you were healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. From the top of my head to the soles and the tips of my toes. 1 Peter 2, 24 says, I am. And if I am, then I am. And so what happens? We've got to begin to get a hold of this by faith. And we've got to begin to speak it. Now go back to Mark 5. And this is what we'll end with. As you're turning there, I believe every one of us must learn to be persistent. What does that mean? Well, in, in Hebrews eleven six, 6, it says that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. That isn't once a year, guys. Seeking God and being persistent must be a daily deal. 
Throughout the scriptures, we're encouraged to pursue the things of God. Now, you don't have to. But to walk in the blessings, the benefits, I've got to keep pursuing Jesus. Hebrews 12, 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. Uh, James 4, 8, he gives us the invitation. Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. God is just waiting for us to draw near to him. I've said this, and many of you who've attended here very long, you probably know this, but the great evangelist named Smith Wigglesworth, he said this, we feed our, our natural man, our physical man, three hot meals a day. And we feed our spirit man one cold snack a week. What would happen if we reversed that? If we fed our natural man one hot meal a week, some of you say, oh, don't even go there, Pastor. We're not going to do that. But see, I want you to see a lot of times how unbalanced we are. Where we're so directed to our flesh that we never do anything spiritually. It's important on a daily basis we feed on the Word of God. Why? We feed our faith and we starve our doubts. That it becomes something that I speak on a daily basis. I speak not only healing, but the things that are, are pertaining to my life right now. I encourage you, whether it, it, it takes you memorizing Scripture or getting three-by-five cards, writing what the Word of God says, and taking those with you. For years of my life, guys, I would put them on my mirror. I would carry them in my billfold. I would... I would Put them in the bathroom, on the dash of my car, certain things that Scripture said, and then I would begin to quote that. One of my favorites for me was uh, Colossians 1.13. That it said, He's delivered me out of the power of darkness. Not that He's going to, He's done it. And so I would just say that. I thank you, Father God, you've delivered me out of the power of darkness. I think I've been delivered out of the power of darkness. I would look at myself in the mirror and I'd say, you have been delivered out of the power of darkness. And guess what happened? Overnight, everything changed. Not. I kept speaking what was so, so that it would be so. Once again, i got to get my mind and my heart, my mouth, everything in line with the Word of God. Now look here in, in Mark 5. Let's read verse 25 and 26 again. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians she had spent all that she had, but, was rather, but rather grew worse. She didn't get any better, but rather grew worse. And here's the question arising. Was it wrong for her to go to the doctor? No. I remember years back that from the pulpit, people were speaking this right here. This just proves that you shouldn't go to a doctor. And I thought, where did they get that from? Now, here's my thought about a doctor, guys. All healing comes from God. I don't care how it takes place. It comes from God. I, I rejoice that I can get a tetanus shot when I need it. I rejoice that there's things made available to us. However, the problem occurs when we put all our trust and confidence in a medical doctor because they're only as good as medical science or what they know. In other words, 
They're, 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 uh, can't go past their knowledge. That's all they have. Now, in the case of the woman with the issue of blood, guess what ends up happening here? The doctor says, it's incurable. There's nothing I can do for you. It's not incurable for God, though. Here's my point in saying that. Keep pursuing God. Keep pursuing the Word of God. Keep building your faith and putting your trust in Him, okay? Because you're going to get let down anytime we put all our confidence in mankind. Keep building your faith. Keep building your faith. And guess what? If you're going to have a procedure done this week, you know what I'd ask you to do? Pray for the doctor that God would give him wisdom. But number two, begin to say, Father God, I'm looking to you. I ask you to heal my body faster than it normally would be. I ask you to move him. In other words, we've got to keep building our faith. Keep strengthening your faith day by day by day by day by day. And guess what ultimately happens? You'll become a product of what you believe. That's why Jesus said, daughter, thy faith has made thee well. Stand up with me. Now, I don't care who you are. I don't care how old you are. You can get a hold of this today. You've got to get the word of God because God is a healer. In Mark chapter 16, Jesus said a couple really, really important things. He said, as believers, we've been charged to go into all the world and preach the gospel. He also said in Mark 16, starting in verse 15, that these signs will follow those who believe. Mark 16, 18, specifically, Jesus said, and these signs shall follow those who believe. In my name, in the name of Jesus... You'll lay hands on the sick, and they shall get worse. He said, you'll lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Now, I can tell you this today. I don't care what man puts his hands on you. There's no magic in these hands, okay? The same hands that created mine are the same hands that created yours. God. The reason God says to do that is at a point of contact. And when God tells us to do something, I believe we just step out in faith and do it. Why are you telling us that? Because today we're going to lay hands on the sick. And I believe you're going to recover. The second thing is I want to point out, in the book of James, chapter 5, verse 14, James wrote this, and he said, If any of you are sick, that we are to call for the elders, the believers of the church, and let them anoint you with oil, pray the prayer of faith over you, and you will be saved. And if you've committed any sin, you'll be forgiven and healed. Now, did you catch that in there, what I just said? That your sins would be forgiven and you would be healed once again. Another thing I want to point out this morning is that we have anointing oil. There is nothing magical about the oil we use, okay? It's not like it came from Israel. It's not like that it was part of this or that, guys. It is not love potion number nine. For all I know, it's Crisco. 
It may be olive oil. The point is this, that that oil was meant for consecration to mean, okay, when we anoint them with oil and we pray in the name of Jesus, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. Now, think about this even. With the woman of issue of blood, she said, when I touch him, when I touch Jesus, I'm going to be made well or I'm going to be made whole. There was a time in my life, that, and this wasn't that long ago, that we had talked about praying for the sick and anointing them with oil. And I had a lady in the church who she, she said every day, numerous times throughout the week before it happened, she said, when pastor anoints me, oil, anoints me with oil and lays hands on me, I'm going to be made well. Now listen, guys. I can't heal a flea. I'm not a healer, okay? All I am is the messenger boy. Hallelujah. <laughs> I like it, too. And so listen, guys, for days I've said, Father God, for your glory, for your glory, Lord, I, I can't do nothing. So what I'm telling you, get your eyes on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. Woo, I thank you, Lord. I thank you today. Now, to get our hearts right, let's just all bow our head right now. And I don't know your condition spiritually right now. I don't know what, where you're at. But I do believe that when we take responsibility for our sins and our actions, God not only heals us and cleanses us and forgives us, but I mean it moves things. So right now, just every one of us in here, let's take responsibility for our own actions. Father God, we stand before you right now. Father, I, I, I repent for my actions. I repent of anger. I repent of a bad attitude. I repent, Lord, of negative words. I repent, Father God, of, of, of the, the choices that I've made that have been bad. And Father, you said that in 1 John 1, 9, that if I would confess my sins, that not only would you forgive me, but you would cleanse me. Now, I believe that's for every one of us in this room. You're just going to have to receive that by faith and say, Oh, Father God, I thank you for forgiving me today. I thank you that, that you've thrown my sin into the sea of forgetfulness. And I thank you right now, Father God, you're cleansing me from all unrighteousness. Now, you know what that does for me, each one of me? That puts me back in right standing with Father God. That if you prayed that and you asked God to forgive you, I'm going to tell you, just receive that. You say, well, Pastor, I don't have a bunch of goosebumps and my body's not tingling. Hey, guys, if that was the case, I don't know that I'd be forgiven except once in a blue moon. I can't go by the way I feel. I just receive that by faith, okay? Just, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Now, if you have any type of sickness or disease in your body right now, and you would like us to anoint you, to lay hands on you, I welcome you to come on down here now. Guys, this is going to be done sweetly. It's going to be done just biblically. But I want you to see today that the Scripture said that by His stripes you've been made well. That this is under the benefit package of Psalm 103. Woo, I thank you, Lord.
I thank you today, Lord. I thank you today. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.